What's new at Cold Wax Academy? Rebecca and Jerry launched their spring quarter on April 12th. This quarter sessions include identifying compositional issues in your work, technical information from Gamblin representative Mary Tevlin, a painting clinic for works in progress, and much more. As always, members can join in on live sessions with questions and comments and can benefit anytime by interacting with other members on our members-only Facebook page. With 100 recorded sessions in the member library, there is always something to learn or review with topics ranging from technical advice to visual language to guest speakers and critiques of member work. To learn more about membership and to purchase Cold Wax tools and Rebecca and Jerry's book, Cold Wax Medium, Techniques, Concepts, and Conversations, please visit coldwaxacademy.com. That's coldwaxacademy.com. All right, let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about travel tips for artists. The ideas and energy gained from travel are important to many artists. And when you travel, you seldom leave your art self behind. The stimulation of travel and new experiences tends to create strong impressions and bring on the urge to create while you're away from home, no matter the overall reason for your trip, which means bringing at least some art supplies and lots more if the focus of your trip is a residency or workshop. Recently, we asked for travel tips from artist listeners that we want to talk about today, along with some thoughts from Rebecca, who travels extensively for her art. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello. Hello, everyone. So lots of artists are going to be away from home in the coming months. We're coming up to the big travel season. And um, I myself am heading for Ireland in about a week and a half. So I've been thinking about what to bring. And it's never easy to know how to work that out. Um, I do have a little bit of leeway in Ireland because I can leave some things there in storage. But, you know, other residencies like the one I went to in Portugal in the fall, you know, it's a challenge <laughs> to work out what to take. It's it's a fun challenge. It's always nice to think ahead and anticipate about what you're going to be doing. And if I guess if I've learned one thing, it's that you never really know until you're in a place, especially somewhere that you haven't been before, what it is that you want to do. You know, what what's going to move you, what's going to grab you to work with. And so... Um, it that also makes it hard to decide, obviously, what you're going to take. Um, so some things to think about. I mean, there are some general things that are helpful. And one of those things is actually to know when you get to the place, if you're going to be able to buy any supplies, and that can make a difference as far as, you know, how specific you have to be ahead of time. So, um, in general, you know, as you think about this, are you traveling mainly for your art? And this is like the first question. And then that would be a residency or workshop, like you mentioned, um, or somewhere where you're going to be for a little while and you can sort of set up and, and actually, you know, focus on your work. Or many times we are traveling as tourists, right? We're just want to go somewhere. We're going to go and, um, take a few things along if that's the case, I guess you need to think about things like how busy 
are you actually going to be? Will, will you have time to do anything uh, with your work? And will you want to? And I, I think most of the time, artists do want to. I mean, like you said in the intro, we don't really leave our art selves behind. And so if you've got a more of a tourist trip planned, I mean, really ask yourself, you know, you might want to do some art. <laughs> you might not think that ahead of time and you think you're going to be very busy, but there will be some downtime. And, and will you want to do something? And one of the possibilities for those kind of trips is just simply collection, collecting information, you know, whether that's photos, um, whether that's uh, small work in a sketchbook or quick work. Um, on a shorter trip, on a busier trip, that can kind of satisfy your art itch without getting too complicated with stuff. <laughs> um, a lot of artists keep some type of art journal and you know, you can be very loose with that. It can be things that you draw, things that you collect and stick in there, things that you write. And that's that's a really nice way to just collect a lot of impressions from your travel without getting really too involved in your supplies and your plans. Um, one of the types of sketchbooks that it's, it's especially kind of interesting to do that with is what's called an accordion sketchbook. And that's the type that folds out. So it, it's not bound into one page at a time. In other words, it folds out like an accordion. And I've used those a couple times, and they are kind of fun because when you fold it out, it really becomes a story, a visual story in a glance, or you can look at it page by page. And it, it might be, if it's a very different format for you, which it might be, uh, that would also be kind of a fun challenge. So those are things to think about if it's kind of, you know, not not an art-focused trip, although if you are an artist, you're probably going to take in some museums and galleries and things like that. So it it it's almost always part of what you're thinking about. Um, if you're looking at a more extended stay for whatever reason, a residency, a workshop, or maybe making your own residency, and, and just a word about that is, is something... I know quite a few artists do this where they just, um, it's not a, a residency program that's planned by somebody else. It is something that they organize themselves and find somewhere to rent, take some supplies, and stay for a couple of weeks or a month. Um, I guess I could put in a little plug here for Casa Clavel, which is the artist residency a rental that um, Jerry and I have in San Miguel, and there's no official program, but we're renting it to artists, and there's a studio there, so it's a great setup, and there's been a number of people already that have stayed there and really liked it. So there are places like that that are kind of set up with studios, and there are places where you could just decide you'll get some type of rental where there's enough space to set up, and of course, in those situations where it's not really an art studio, you have to think about not making a huge mess. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I mean, just any old Airbnb may not work, and it's probably uh, a good idea to stick to something that you could do on a table and, and clean up easily. What, what about uh, sending work back home? Uh, do you have a process for discerning what you're going to keep, what you're going to throw away? I know you've mentioned in the past that you end up kind of weeding a lot of stuff out. Yeah, yeah. And then do you, do you put it in your suitcase or do you send it by mail? 
I well, I typically put it in the suitcase. I work on paper and I yeah, I just decide what to take back and I have some type of uh cardboard or portfolio or maybe um a cardboard small like a small low cardboard box that will fit into my suitcase and then I don't use paper that's any bigger than what will fit in there. That's the easiest, and and people do mail things back, um, definitely. Or you could you could have a um, a box that you could check as luggage um, if you wanted to do that if you're flying. So yeah, when you're flying, there's a lot more considerations than if you're driving someplace or taking a bus or train. I mean, flying is its whole thing. And I yeah, I've got a few more tips about that um, coming up and. Just basically, I try to be simple about it, and I try to figure that what I do while I'm away, um, even if it's pretty developed work, which I tend to do when I'm in Ireland, layers and layers of cold wax, but it's on a type of paper that will accept that, I don't think of them as the kind of work that I do back home in the studio, which is more developed, bigger, on panel. Uh, When I travel, it's... They're not exactly studies, but they are pieces that I do related to the location that will then feed future work. And I'm usually not exactly sure how that's going to happen, but I always want to take advantage of being somewhere different and somewhere that's interesting and inspiring. And, you know, I then I kind of wait to see what will happen. But I bring it home in a form that isn't going to cause me a lot of headaches None of the work is that precious. I mean, it's it's sort of they're sort of works in progress in a way. They're they're preliminary things that um, will lead somewhere, and often they're work that I really like. But they're they're more ephemeral. They're on paper. So, um, yeah, and those are all considerations. I mean, if you want to go somewhere and you really want to do some developed work there, then you do need to figure out how to get it home for sure, and especially if you're flying. Um, so I guess I've always hesitated to ship things internationally for any reason. I just find it complicated, <laughs> presuming uh, I'm going to another country. So um, I think when you when you are thinking about a more extended stay, residency or something, workshop, um, you you tend to think about what you're going to be working on. I mean... As I said, you don't really know what's going to grab you when you're there, but most people think ahead a little bit. Is there some project you have in mind? Is there some series you have in mind? Um, are you open to trying something new? And and so sometimes what you take in terms of materials might be an entirely new thing that you want to explore, and that's that's an interesting um, project because you know that's not tied to imagery or tied to a certain location. It's just open-ended, I'm going to try a different, I'm going to try, well, like I did in Portugal, ink. I never really had worked with ink before. So I took this beautiful ink, let's see what happens, you know. And that was, that was an exciting part of the whole thing. Um, So deciding what media you want to take, how portable is it? How packable is it? Um, And, and how much of it are you going to take? And there's an old rule of packing, which is you set out everything that you'd really like to have with you, and then you 
cut it by about half. <laughs> and and I can say that works for me. Um, I've done that a number of times. I don't really think about it as like I have to get half, but I'm going to put everything out on a table and then really think about like what colors could I combine to get the colors I want? I don't have to take every single tube of paint. Um, how many surfaces do I really need to work on? And as I mentioned earlier, are there, will I have a chance to buy something on the way or nearby and uh, in terms of art supplies? And I happen to really enjoy um, going into art supply stores in other countries. I think it's really interesting because oftentimes you see materials that you wouldn't get at home. Um, and it's just a different experience to see what are people using in Ireland, what are people using in Portugal, and and to buy a few things and, and play around with them. So I enjoy that. Um, basically, there are many drawbacks, of course, to media that is complicated and messy. <laughs> and I'm thinking, actually, of oil and cold wax. Um, if you're traveling for a workshop internationally, chances are... Um, the cold wax is going to be supplied for you and the solvent and things like that. Otherwise, especially anything that isn't acceptable on a plane, you're going to have to buy when you're there. A lot of people gravitate toward media that is um, water-based, is not as messy, or it's easy like drawing materials. Um, and, and if you're flying with this stuff, it's not only the flammability of the material that you have to think about, um, but the weight. And that can that can be a concern with water-based media, too. I mean, those inks that I took, each little bottle had a fairly significant weight to it. Acrylics do. And so, you know, you're going to run into weight restrictions when you fly um, to another country, especially. So, again, you know, weeding out, cutting down, and thinking about, what can you get, you know, less is more. What can you do with, with fewer supplies? As far as um, flying with anything that's restricted, I mentioned solvents. Cold wax mediums in kind of honestly a gray area. It, it is officially okay to fly with it, but I'm always a little bit nervous because it's an odd material that um, whoever's checking your luggage for safety might not recognize. Um, people worry about flying with oil paint, but that really I've never found to be a problem in all the and in all the years I've taught. Uh, when students are flying with oil paint, there was one time when somebody got their paint confiscated out of you know many many dozens and maybe hundreds of people that I've known. So it's not really a risk to fly with oil paint. The thing to do with oil paint or cold wax is, um, to, is it's all in how you label it. So if I were going to fly with cold wax medium, I would print out the safety sheet that Gamblin or whoever manufactures your cold wax will supply. And then you can put that right with it uh, in your luggage, and that should work. Some people do that with their oil paint, too, and they'll print out the safety sheet. The only thing I do is... Um, I make it clearly visible in the luggage. Um, I'm not trying to hide it. You know, it's right on top. And I put my paints in a Ziploc or a plastic box with a label that says um, pigments 
that are pigments, vegetable oil based. Okay. So using the word pigment rather than paint is advisable. There's something about the word paint that could trigger a little closer look. So pigment and oil and vegetable oil based. So they know that it's not um, a flammable oil that is being used to make the paint. So, and that simple label has gotten me through many travels. So that works. Um, Let's take a quick minute to see what deals are available from Blick. Rembrandt Artist Oil Paints and Sets are currently 40% off list price. Rembrandt Artist Oil Colors are manufactured to exacting professional quality standards in Holland. They respond to the brush with a buttery feel and have a noticeable brilliance in color intensity rarely seen anywhere in the world. Rembrandt oils are highly durable and are produced with the highest color strength possible using valuable, costly, pure pigments. The pigments are ground to extreme fineness in a binder consisting of the purest linseed or safflower seed oil, resulting in an oil paint whose texture is exceptionally smooth, creamy, and even. To get your Rembrandt Artist Oil paints and sets at 40% off list price, please remember to use our affiliate link, which is of course MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. When you use our affiliate link, it takes you straight through to the regular Blick website. But when you use our affiliate link, Blick will donate a very generous 10% to the Messy Studio Podcast, which really helps us to pay bills around here. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick, B-L-I-C-K. Let's get back into the show. Okay, so that was some of the more, you know, well, the, the specific considerations for anything that the the safety check might end up, you know, might lose your material. So most of the time, everything you take is fine, and you're just trying to reduce the weight, reduce the volume of stuff that you're taking. And one of the things that that's also kind of fun to think about where you're, if you're going to a place, let's say you're going to a beach, well, or a sandy area, um, there are there are several ways that you could use um, sand in your work, and that could be mixed with cold wax medium if you have that, or it could be mixed with an acrylic medium, and that would be an interesting texture. And, and there are artists that really like to bring, to add things to their work that that are significant to the place, to where they've gone. And um, that can work with things like wood ash. Um, and you could also use materials that, you wouldn't think of as art supplies and you can find them anywhere. And that's things like, um, you know, tea bags or coffee grounds or something like that. If you want texture, if you want color in your work, some of those are not light fast. Um, but maybe that's not a big concern for you. One thing that I like to take, uh, when I'm working with water-based media is, um, acrylic gel medium or clear gesso. And I found that so many uses for this material that as kind of a base and then adding to it any water-based material, so that could include ink, gouache, watercolor. Um, It can even be used with colored pencils, kind of smear pencils around with it. Um, You can just get a lot of different effects with either of those. And then as far as the acrylic medium, of course, there's a lot of variation there. Golden uh, makes lots of different interesting kinds of gel mediums, so acrylic medium. So I always take some of that, and, and I find it uh, very um, flexible and fun to use. Um, 
And I guess one last thing to think about when you're planning, you're packing, thinking about your travels is the actual working space that you're going to have. And and we mentioned already, like, in an Airbnb or something, you might have a table and you might need to be rather neat. If you're going to something um, more established, like a residency, get some idea of what your studio is going to be like. And, and that's almost always the case. You will see pictures or you'll get a description. A workshop it's, it might be a little bit harder to know how much space you're going to have. Sometimes that isn't very obvious from the description. Um, and if you really aren't going to be set up and, and working, then kind of know that and then just stick to a sketchbook or something like that. So um, as you mentioned in the intro, we did kind of pose this question <laughs> on Facebook, and I have some uh, replies that are interesting that people wrote in, so I want to mention those. Um, and a few tips of my own before I get to those. And one of them is researching your destination as an artist before you go. So if you're going as a tourist, you've probably paid attention to the, you know, the usual sites and things like that. But think about yourself as an artist before you go and think about art museums, galleries, um, art-related events, art-related organizations that you might want to visit. And sometimes a place that is basically an artist's foundation will have a display area that can be really interesting. I know Bow and Glen now has a museum there. Um, when I'm in Dublin, I always go to the Royal Hibernian Academy. And from the name of it, you might think, you might not realize, well, it's actually a really nice art museum. And so kind of getting a feel for, well, what, what are these places in, in a particular city, a foreign city that you've never been to? Um, and I also mentioned, of course, checking out art supply stores. Um, they're fun and they're, they maybe have something that you need. Um, yeah, maybe something you haven't seen before. Yeah, that's and, and different types of paint and um, yeah, I just I just really like doing that. Another thing you could look into ahead of your trip is um, maybe connecting with other artists and a lot of a lot of artists now that are on social media do um, have connections with artists all around the world. And if you're aware of somebody, you've chatted with somebody in a place that you're going, um, why not reach out and say, do you want to meet up? And and that will give you such a inside view of what, what the art life is like in, in another country or in another place. And it's just uh, fascinating. And I think most artists are open to such things. Um, and they could also probably give you recommendations about where to go um, and um, maybe tell you about some events that are happening, some kind of thing that's going on in their city. So, and the last thing I want to uh, just talk about briefly before we get into the things that people wrote in, and, and they will mention some of these. I'm just going to read their comments. But there are definitely supplies, art supplies that are made especially for travel. And they're, they're handy or they're little. <laughs> um, for example, small watercolor kits. Um, there are things that are, they look like brushes, but they have a hollow tube uh, for a handle and you can fill them with water. 
And so the water is supplied then to the brush tip, and you can use those with watercolor or anything that's water-soluble and not have to worry about bringing water with you. Um, pencil cases that just roll up, they're, you know, they can really, you can get a lot of pencils in a case that takes up very little space. Small sketchbooks. Um, one of the things I do with oil paint is some manufacturers, and I know Williamsburg does this, and they make beautiful paints, they sell sample kits of colors, so they're tiny. <laughs> you know, there's, I don't know how many <clears throat> ounces, but they're really small tubes, but you could get six or eight of them in a package, and that's a really handy way to get some very special colors to add along with maybe some of your standard ones. Um, I always take Ziploc bags and um, rags or wrinkle cloth. I take either parchment paper or wax paper. You were asking about packing work for home. If my oil and cold wax paintings are still a little bit tacky, just putting a piece of wax paper, greaseproof paper, between the layers, um, put the paintings face-to-face -face with that paper in between, it's great. I mean, I've had paintings that I, you know, I thought would smear, and I get them home, and they're just fine. Um, and maybe some kind of organizing plastic box or carrying case if you're planning to be outside doing things and you just want to grab a little carry case that you can take with you. That's great, too. Um, so I'm just going to go into some of the things that people wrote here in our remaining time. And I'm really, if you're listening to this and you wrote a comment, thank you. It's really nice to get some different points of view on this. So the first one is from Ginny Capert, and she, um, she lives in Door County, Wisconsin, and has a gallery there. But every year she um, comes out to Santa Fe, and this is what she said. And I just saw her recently. She came to see me, and we took a hike. I've known Ginny for a long time. So she wrote, I've been creating my own residencies in Santa Fe for nearly 15 years. In my early years, I would rent an Airbnb, pack lightly, and use my dining room table as my studio space. At that time, I was lucky if I could get away for even a week or two. But now, and for the past five or six years, or five to eight years, I guess, I've been fortunate enough to come to Santa Fe each spring for a month, and I found live work studio spaces here to rent. So just to interject there that Santa Fe is such an artist city, um, if you are going to a destination like that, you probably can find something that's just set up for artists. And then she went on, as I'm represented um, at a gallery here in Santa Fe, I drive out with a new body of work to drop off at the gallery, and then I get to work in the studio space. And she says she drives, so it's easy to overpack all the supplies I need with a focus on oil and cold wax, as well as making journals and working in my sketchbook. And obviously, yeah, there's an advantage if you're able to dry it, drive. It makes such a difference in what you can throw in your car. Um, I feel I'm a colorist, and so no matter my destination, my focus usually is for the month to experiment and notice the color palette of nature in the new landscape. Traveling abroad, I tend to pack much lighter, focusing on small works on paper, not panel, but still using oil and cold wax, um, just with a limited palette. So thanks, Jenny. That's pretty interesting. Um, 
And this one is from Beverly Todd, and um, Beverly Todd also uh, lives in Santa Fe, and I believe she rented the studio space that Ginny had last time. And Beverly says, I always travel with a mixed-media sketchbook, colored pencils, and a watercolor pan. This is easy to use in the car, on airplanes. Wow, she even paints on airplanes, and on the beach. Heading to Grand Cayman next week, and that's new to me. I'm taking along a concertina sketchbook, and that's the same as the accordion sketchbook that I mentioned earlier. Um, and this one is from uh, Connie Kilgore. I like to take a watercolor journal and some mini watercolor palettes that I put together myself. And she says she has Altoids tins, you know, the little mints that come in those nice metal boxes. And she's put half pans of custom watercolor or gouache in. I use empty mini expeditionary art watercolor palettes that you can customize many ways. And she gives um, a link to... Um, a website called arttoolkit.com and they have these kind of things that are meant for especially watercolor artists to to use on the go. Um, and this one's from Lynn Zetzman. This is an interesting one. She says, I prep work before traveling and I just take what I need to complete it. So she's got a very good idea of what she needs to do. Um, it's almost like work is a third done before I hit the road. So I thought that was an interesting idea of looking at your time away as a good opportunity to finish up some things and to really know pretty much what um, what you need and what you're going to be doing. Sasan Al-Haddad, um, another artist I've known for a long time, she says, I always pack a small foldable watercolor box, brushes and ink pens. I find the easiest way to work is by drawing in ink and adding some light washes of watercolors. Um, and she says, this works if I'm traveling by myself, so I draw whenever I can. Um, my work is usually representational, and it's the best mementos of the trip. I thought that was interesting. I know that Sawson also does abstraction in oil and cold wax, but the idea of using her time away and traveling to do um, representational work of, of the area, of things she's noticing and seeing, is, uh, is interesting to me. And the last one I have is from Allison B. Cook, another friend, very good old friend. And she says uh, she makes a small art kit for travel. And this is, this is really quite different. She says it's all about jelly prints. Well, some of you listening will know what jelly prints are. And, and it's a, it's a mm, I've used them, but I haven't really figured them out yet. I need to talk to Allison about this. But it's a, it's a plate that you can take prints off of, but, it, but the substance itself is almost like jello um, in, in a you know, firmer form. So it's a great travel approach, she says, because while it's technically simple, there's actually a lot you can do with it um, for either standalone prints or to make collage papers. I use acrylic paint and drawing media such as Sumi ink, oil pastels, graphite, woodies, and Posca pens. And then all kinds of paper work for this. A newsprint, sketchbook paper, deli paper, found papers, old book pages, inexpensive Asian paper like mulberry. It's endless, really. And so, in other words, when you travel, you could pick up paper that was characteristic of the area, and this would be a really great approach. Um, you can stain papers with tea, uh, coffee. She says a spray bottle works great for that. 
um, play with patina and aging. I use a brush or two and a brayer. Jelly plates come in a lot of sizes, from 3 by 5 inches to 16 by 20 inches. I like the 6 by 6 or 8 by 10 for travel. And she knows that cleanup is really easy with water. If acrylic dries on the plate, a great hack is that super sticky brown craft paper packing tape. It pulls it right off. <laughs> Thank you, Allison, because that is exactly the problem I had when I tried to use a jelly plate was I used acrylic and it dried on there and I thought it was ruined. <laughs> so um, again, it's, it's really nice that people wrote in their ideas. And there's lots of other tips and tricks that you may know already as you listen to this. But it's always interesting to hear other people's ideas, too. Do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? I do. I do. And I actually have a little poem I'm going to read. So, <laughs> but, to, but before the poem, I would say there are so many ideas. And, and I, I just find that stage of planning and imagining myself out there making art to be exciting and interesting. But the main thing to keep in mind, once you've kind of sorted out the practical aspects of what to bring is is to be open when you travel and and try things that inspire you when you're there when you're in the location um you know taking from the environment something uh to to bring to your work and i would also say it's kind of interesting that sometimes when people travel to certain destinations they may feel like oh i sort of obliged to to paint or draw the sort of iconic images of the of the area you know what's what's significant here what do people always want to go to and look at but honestly um to me that's not the point and i i think what happens when you're traveling is that you notice things in a different way you're you're just you have a different mindset when you're traveling. And so it might be the cloud formation that you saw, um, you know, one evening that you're working with, even though the clouds happen everywhere, <laughs> but it's because you're tuned in in a different way. Um, so to be open to anything, and uh, I know uh, Sean Scully has done a, a whole series based on a rock wall. Um, you know, it's just something that he happened to notice and took off with and, that's that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. It's just to be open. And this um, poem I'm going to read is an excerpt from a John O'Donohue poem called For the Traveler. And it, it points to that exactly. I mean, I'm almost paraphrasing him when I've been talking the last minute or so. And this is what he wrote. When you travel, you find yourself alone in a different way, more attentive now to the self you bring along your more subtle eye watching you abroad, and how what meets you touches that part of the heart that lies low at home. And I think that really sums up that, that openness that many artists feel when they're traveling. All right, well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at ColdWaxAcademy.com. Be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. For more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out RossTickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.